It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Kutcher. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hadit uh, podcast here on this uh, 17th day of November 2016. Coming up on Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, our next show will be on Thanksgiving. My, my. We'll be lucky if we don't sleep through that one. Uh, anyway, we're here today with uh, our co-host, Jay Basser, and um, Alex Graham, our Ashnod, uh, uh and uh, he's going to give us a a good rundown on this schooling he's been taking to, you know, maintain his uh, certification. So, uh, listen up. Uh, by golly, I think we're all going to learn a few things. And uh, it, 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 it's a good deal. Uh, everyone needs to know this stuff, and the sooner we can get the word out, the better. Hopefully someone can capitalize on it, and uh, uh, it'll help them with their claim. How are you doing today, Alex? Well, I'll tell you what. I just had another one of those uh, echocardiograms on my heart, and they told me I still got less than 20% action fraction, which I guess is not good news, but... It doesn't seem to phase me. I mean, I get a little bit winded if I walk down a mailbox when I walk back up the hill. But say, like, I'm 65 years old too. <laughs> yeah, that. But I can't complain, Gerald. I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm not, I'm not dying by any stretch of imagination. And Veterans Administration must know that. I, I call them up every other day. Have a little attitude to talk with them. <laughs> I'll bet they love that. <laughs> you see, you don't have to use that one eight hundred eight two seven dial a prayer with when you get when you get to be an agent. They give you a list of all the people who you can call them at the regional office, so you don't have to sit there and wait on hold for forty five minutes to talk to some idiot that doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. Is is there any way you can post that? <laughs> well, uh, I'd be happy to publish the telephone numbers, but the only problem is, is the moment you call them up, you got to tell them you're an agent and give them your VA accreditation before you go any further into the system. Oh, yeah, well, they got you there. Uh. Yeah, well, so, uh, you know, even if you're a VSO, you can't do that. Only attorneys and agents can do it. So it gives you a, a real leg up. And uh, the other thing I wanted to tell you about is uh, <clears throat> I got a hold of the information security officer at the Seattle office here, and I've got to have a, what do you call that, a, a little background investigation and a few other little things, and then they'll authorize me to jack into the VA computer. I can look at your or whoever's uh, veterans uh a C file. I can look at it in real time and in a PDF read-only format. I can't make any changes to it. 
make any well, that's still something. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's a pretty good deal. Well, I yeah, I got the POA to do it. But the thing about it is, is you can get the POA from the attorney, fax that into Cheeseville this afternoon, have the POA flag planted in at whatever regional office you're talking about, and having that access with the POA once. Once VA types in that 2122A POA, then you can immediately access the guy's records from anywhere in the United States, Puerto Rico, or Manila. You can you just tap right into that VA system. But you got it's got to be encrypted, and you've got to have the encryption tool, and it's you know real dog and pony, Mission Impossible show. It's crap. They oh. they never make anything easy. But it, it's just one more tool so that you don't have to throw that bottle in the ocean and say, well, my C-file, send it to me. And you call it on uh, yeah. Out by 11, they send it back to you, and they says, well, you got to file that on a VA-3288, and you got to type it, no handwritten, so you reformat it, resubmit it, and then you wait a year to get your C-file. <laughs> yeah. Because you can see it in real time about a week after you file a POA, so you can make some decisions on how to help the veteran without having to request the whole C file. Yeah, because the vet comes in with you and looks at it with you. This whole computer business is getting pretty darn interesting. I have to admit, once VA made a commitment to switch over, it it was a pretty smart move. Well, you know, if if they don't abuse it, and that's uh, where I have a lot of concerns, is the VA abusing it. You know, you take someone not in a good mood, revealing <laughs> your your claims folder, and and, and uh, Decide to hit the, or accidentally hit the wrong button, he could eliminate a lot of your evidence. Uh, now, I'm sure no one in the VA would do anything like that intentionally, but accidents do happen. Would they, and would they ever notify a veteran that that data is missing? Well. I don't know if y'all saw that new uh, CAVC case that they ended up having a in-bank uh, sitting on it. It was a, a guy calls up and he says, well, where's my C-file? Because it's, it's, his C-file's hamburger helper when he gets to the Court of Veterans' Appeals. So he starts saying, okay, well, let's let's backtrack. You guys have just sent me a, a electronic format. I want to see the original paper stuff. And they said, oh, well, we always destroy that as soon as we uh, uh, copy. And the court says, well, you better not destroy it because there's about 100 million laws on the books already that says you don't destroy evidence. And you guys better know that. All of a sudden, the VA is, well, actually, we were just bullshitting you. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, we do still have the paper records, and we can't produce them. And, and CAVC says, well, you know what? If the veteran asks for them, why don't you just give them the paper records? What do you gain by holding them off, holding on to them after you have electronic copy of it? 
besides that, I think it's pretty good that the veteran gets a paper copy because then he can go use that and and fence it off against the electronic copy and make sure there aren't any errors in it. That's very important because you know as well as I do, VA record keeping is leaves a little bit to be desired. I think hamsters in their cages have better <laughs> better methods of storing their gear and <laughs> building their nests and where they keep their food and water. Yeah. I have all I've seen is the VA lose stuff left and right, or worse yet, it all ends up in my file or your file. <laughs> so you have to, your yeah. file, why? Then it ain't in his file. So that might be why he lost. So, I got about a thousand pages of mine that nobody even knows where they go. <laughs> Who they're talking about? Well, I I see so much mismanagement of stuff, and then I've seen C files where obviously they're feeding it through a copy machine and just. Pounding it as quick as they can through the scanner, one of them things that blows about 20 sheets a second. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden it'll jam, and you'll end up with about four sheets folded in half, and you have to think to yourself, this is what you're seeing in your C file. So, okay, what did, what was on those pages? Did they recopy them? Did they go back and, and sort that out and redo it, or did they just keep going and Take the four pages that were folded and throw them in the trash can and keep on trucking. I would just say, here's my important evidence, and give them that and say, here it is. Can't you read it? <laughs> I mean, it's in plain English. <laughs> There's a gal on our website, your website, my website, too. She's smart as a whip. I don't drop names, but she she's up there at the... BVA right now, or the CAVC, excuse me, and she's saying, hey, look, page 563 on my C file, you can't read that. Nobody can read it. What does it say? Did they recopy it? What's going on? What about page 216? That isn't mine. Who's Jim Brooks? (laughs) What about page 975? Who's uh, Arturo Jackwad? You know, what's going on here? How come I got all this stuff in my file? It's not mine. Was somebody looking at his PTSD and trying to rape my husband on that on that piece of paper? Uh, what gives? I, I, you know, there has to be some accounting for all this. And I want to see my original paper file. In fact, I want my original paper file. They're <laughs> using that recent, I mean, literally it happened a week before the judge started haranguing the, the VA about the C file thing, the irregularities in it. So if the timing's perfect, and this is going to become a bone of contention because that place up in Janesville now, it's carrying all the water for all 57 ROs. They shut down the one in Georgia. Noon in Georgia is no more. They got busted bagging and tagging the stuff into a back storage room and not running it through the scanner. So. They lost their contract. Oh, so Janesville man. had to double down, and they're doing double business down there. And it's probably a madhouse. That's why I'm seeing all these C files coming out with wipeouts on the scanners where they lose two or three sheets to the process and then have to re- reset, recycle, and start over if they do. That's what we don't know. That's why having the original paper files, I think, is essential. 
I have to agree with you on the paper files because at least then you have an opportunity of putting them in some sort of order, numerical order. Uh, when they're on a desk, and you have to, you nearly have to. Uh, I know on my desk was so garbled up that you'd have to print the whole desk, and you're talking about a couple reams of paper or more, and uh, yeah, more. Uh, yeah, my my C files ten thousand and seventy eight pages. That was before I went to the CAVC twice on those. <laughs> well, uh, mine was over six thousand, uh, and <laughs> you know, uh, you learn a couple of these. Uh, El Segundo, reader. I think his C file probably dwarfs all of ours. I see him file at the CAVC about once a week. Oh man! But uh. <laughs> Yellow. Anyway, I did this schooling, and uh, some what this was all about. The, the schooling was a discussion of DRO reviews, BVA reviews, and what do you gain from a review versus a traditional appeal, and and so on and so forth. And uh, it, it was money well spent uh, for me. I had to spend it anyway in order to stay accredited with the VA. So, you know, it's 200 bucks out of my pocket. That's a bargain at twice the price in order to inflict all this pain and suffering on the Burns administration. I'd, I'd pay 5000 a year for the privilege. You know me. <laughs> but but uh, the, the, the thrust of it was uh, to put a little bit more of a shine on a DRO review. Now, it, it, most of you guys know that you can do a DRO review instead of automatically going up to the BVA, but we do know there's certain there's absolutely no reason to, to do a DRO review if you've got hepatitis C and you're telling everybody it's because of a jet gun. Even if you had a, a, literally had a buddy letter from Sergeant Jesus F. Christ that... Uh, that said, yeah, I was there when he when he got the jet gun and he was bleeding and the guy before him was bleeding. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, I certify that's true and correct, best of my knowledge and belief. And signs it, Jesus Christ. PA is still going to turn you down. DRO review is still going to turn you down. They just don't have the authority to do something like that at the regional office level. They're going to. Fourth and long, they're going to punt that sucker up to the BVA because they do not want to sign off on that, or they're forbidden to. It just has to go to the BVA. That's only one of the few cases that I know of, maybe unless it's a tenuous connection for a Camp Lejeune cancer case due to the water, where they just won't touch it. They're doing all those in Louisville, Kentucky, but from what I've been hearing, they're sending a bunch of them up to the BVA for a, a appeal there at the, at the Board of Veterans' Appeals. They just don't want to sign off on them in Louisville. Hmm. With that said, for most claims that you put in, as long as you've already won, well, I won't say that, but... When you get denied or you ask for an increase and you get denied or whatever, getting a DRO review shows 
if you're represented, uh, you're going to have 56% better chance of winning at the DRO review uh, versus 44% if you're not represented, if you're just going to do it yourself. <clears throat> also shows that if you're represented by an attorney or VA agent, you got about a 65% better chance of winning than you would if you had a VSO, but <laughs> we won't discuss that. But uh, <clears throat> a DRO review, regardless of what anybody says, <clears throat> is an opportunity for you to sit down with the DRO, the decision review officer, and, and have your vet there. Always have your vet there in person. Uh, and do it as a hearing. It, it, because you're going to get more bang for your buck if you're DRO can sit there and look at your veteran across that table, and you can, guys can all sit there and develop that camaraderie, that uh, that bonding, that male bonding or whatever. Or if it's a woman uh, DRO, she can get a better grip of your opinion. Whether she, a lot of times it just comes down to whether they like you or they don't like you. If you put a face to it, you got a much better chance of getting a win out of it than just asking for a DRO review without the hearing. If it's even close, if you're even worried about whether you're going to win or not, I strongly suggest doing a DRO hearing. I don't care if you have to wait 576 days for the hearing at your office. I mean, you're talking about a lifetime of benefits. There's no need to greedy and try to get it on a develop claim in 125 days, unless you lost an arm and a leg and are sporting a brand new purple heart, you don't you don't get decisions like that out of the VA in 125 days. It just doesn't happen. Uh, now, Alex, if, if you're sitting there with your attorney or your POA and uh, the DRO in a DRO review and the DRO said, look, we can award uh, something on this and, and something on this and something on that. And then uh, later you find out that it's all for naught and they just lied to you to get you out of the office. Now, once they say that, aren't they pretty well committed? Well... <clears throat> Here's, here's, let me give you an inside shot at this. When you guys all go in this room and close the door and put on the no smoking light, you, you, you sit down and in this day and age now, the, the new way to go about doing it is the first thing you do is you say, oh, we've got this new material evidence here that we're going to submit and uh, that I want you to look at that and give this, of course, give it a de novo review, which you are required to by law. But the, the additional development of the new evidence oftentimes will be your winning tool because up to this point you've been denied because you didn't know any better. So you go hire an attorney or an agent, know what you need to fix it. They know what the repair order is, so they walk in there with you and they're holding that in their hand. And a, and a good... A good attorney or agent also will look at this as saying, you know, we're going for the TDIU here, Johnny Vet. So, you know what? Let's dump the hearing. 
claim you've got going here. You've got bilateral deafness. You're, you're going to have to be totally deaf in one ear and about halfway to China on the other one. You can talk 40% from the VA. It just isn't worth it. You could get 10% for tinnitus, tinnitus, whatever. But that's the small potatoes. We could go in there and we'd toss that stuff in on the bonfire and just say, hey, look, his back's all screwed up. It's gone up into his neck and it's impinging a nerve in his shoulder and he's starting to get a numb right arm. Why don't we just call this thing right now and give him TDIU and <clears throat> save a lot of work of developing this, this, and this, and this. You just give him his 100%. Let's get out of here. People tell you, VSOs will tell you, you could bargain with the Veterans Administration. Well, let me put paid to that right now. M21 says that the VA can't bargain with the veteran. It's a whole different poker game when the VA is bargaining with the veteran's agent or the veteran's attorney. That's a totally different proposition. Remember, an agent or an attorney knows law. A VSO knows how to tie his shoes and fill out a 4138 or 0958. But they don't understand why they're filling it out. They don't understand you only get tinnitus for one, both ears. You only get a maximum of 10%. I see DAV SOs filing for uh, on appeal for a 10% for each ear because the ringing is in the left and the right ear. Well, if you had any training at all, you'd know you'd get laughed out of the stadium if you do that. And, and that you're not supposed to bring fraudulent claims. You're supposed to make this economy of justice get in and get out. And a DRO review is a great place to do some bargaining off the table. If you've got your veteran there, they might make it a, a on-the-record hearing. They might not. There's, it, it varies from regional office to regional office. And if you guys are, agree or reach some kind of an agreement, in the course of that decision uh, or decisional process of bargaining back and forth, which we're not going to call bargaining, uh, the, the DRO generally will say, okay, just sit here for a minute, and he'll run into the other room and, and type it all up, and you'll have a sort of a memorandum of agreement hammered out right then and there. VA, the DRO might also say, okay, you know what? I, I just want to get one more opinion, one more C&P on him for the PTSD because I think maybe he might qualify for 70 rather than his 50 that he has right now or the 30 or whatever, and I think that would be fair to him to, to do that. But un, under no circumstances can the, can the DRO say, you know, somebody gave him 30, I'm going to whack that back down to 20 or zero. He doesn't have the authority to take anything away that you benefited from when he's doing a de novo review. Basically, he starts from scratch. But technically, on, in law, you, you can never, ever take away a, uh, a beneficial decision. You cannot reverse a beneficial decision after you've already won on, let's, let's just say, you've you got uh, 20% for diabetes mellitus, but you proved, uh, you're trying to prove that you, you've got restriction of activities, restriction of diet, and you should be entitled to 40%. The, 
the DRO can't in any way, shape, or form reduce your diabetes to 10%. He's stuck with the 20, which is a decision in your favor. He can't reduce that. He might not give you the 40, but he can't reduce the 20 down below because it's already been decided by the, the rating officer below who made the original decision. Basically, all he can do is decide stuff that's on appeal, stuff that's in your NOD. He can't touch. And if you come in there to the with a notice of disagreement and you bring up a few extras and say, yeah, what about my TBI and, and my uh, my flat feet? And the DRO is going to say, well, I don't have any authority to talk to you about flat feet and, and this other stuff because it wasn't in your original claim. So I'm going to send that back down to the rating officer and have them develop that portion of your claim. All I can talk to you about is what you appealed on your 0958. So you ought to be careful with that when you're filing your 0958 notice of disagreement. Just make sure anything you're appealing is is on the was on the original claim sheet. You can't just start adding to it. You got to start with every claim. You got to start with it on a 526 EZ. There's no way around that. You can't start filing. For on a 0958 NOD form. Uh, any questions on that one? Yeah, I. Uh, the way I'm understanding that, they can talk in a DRO review now. They can they can discuss or have the authority over. Uh, uh, Claims that you already have in or appeals, uh, whichever it may be. Uh, most time, uh, uh, claims turn into appeals. So uh, if there's an item in that appeal uh, that uh, you've come up with new new evidence, say a new uh, IMO or something. Uh, you can you can lay that down as evidence, or uh, and and then they have the opportunity of saying, "Look, I will go ahead and and uh, we can uh, tentatively uh, or whatever uh, jump this up to uh, your your ten percent rated. We can jump it up to like forty." and then they can give you that in writing, or they could give that to you in verbiage, couldn't they? Well, if you have a, let's just say you have a successful DRO review. In other words, everybody sits down and there's promises are made and gifts are exchanged, and you shake hands verbally across the table. Uh, at that point, you can ask the DRO to formalize it all on a, on a piece of paper, and, and, and everybody can just kind of like sign around on it as a, as a mutual understanding. And he can go ahead and leave the room, and, and you can leave the room, and everybody can go home, and you have a, a formal understanding that says Johnny Vett agrees to drop the hearing and the claim and the tinnitus claim. Johnny Vett uh, agrees to drop the flat feet claim and, and the hemorrhoids claim, and uh, 
VA DRO review agrees that uh, he's entitled to 40% for DM2, and uh, he's also entitled to uh, 30% for peripheral neuropathy, and, and we're going to give him TDIU from today's date forward. And then they'll write that up, and that'll be the, the basis of the award. And you kind of want to have that before you leave the the regional office, if, if you well, it right. Well, yeah, I would think so. Uh, A VSO yeah. doesn't think like that, because remember, they don't work for you. They work for VA. So, yeah, things yeah. could metamorphose. It turn into a butterfly or turn into an ugly old caterpillar when you come back and get it in the paper. But... Uh, when you're working with an agent or an attorney, it's, it's kind of a different proposition. They can't do anything without your permission, whereas a DSO service rep agreed to sell you down the river uh, for 30 pieces of silver and then come to you the next day and say, well, man, I got you 0% for tinnitus, and I got 0% for hearing, man, but... Yeah, I couldn't get him to budge on that PTSD thing in the DM too, man. That's right out. <laughs> and basically, what he just agreed with the, the DRO that that's what they were going to do without you there, without you to your input or anything, can make that decision arbitrarily without you, without even asking you. And make, of course, they always make it sound as though it was a boy we. I went to the wall. I went to the mat, buddy, but they just wouldn't bend. Well, I... Uh, so it would be in regard, like a joint remand, a joint uh, where you both sides agree to a remand. Uh, this would be both sides agreed that... Uh, and a DRO you can just... review, there is no remand. A remand well, only occurs when you go from the BVA back down to the regional office level or from the Court of Veterans' Appeals back to the BVA to to remand it back for more development. Uh-huh. But if you're doing a DRO review, you can get a bargain with your with the DRO and say, hey, let's get a new P and see what that says, and here's my IMO. Let's throw that in the, on the table. And... Uh, you also always have the ability to look the guy right in the eye and say, well, according to 38 CFR 3.103C, what what do you want? What do we need here for Johnny Vett to get service connected for this or to get from to TDIU? What do we need? What are we lacking? What what would make you happy? What, what would float your boat, Mr. DRO? That would help my Johnny Vet right here get his uh, TDIU or 100% or whatever you're fighting for. And he has to, by law, tell you exactly what he needs, what what you and he, your your veteran, need. He can't deny you. He can't say, well, you, you don't have the secret handshake, Sonny. Now, the beauty of having an agent or an attorney is they can ferret this information out of these little turkey lurkies. Because uh, then if you ask the DRO, you know, after you guys, you know, after everybody's agreed on everything, uh, the DRO says, look, 
I can bump you up here and I can bump you up there and this and that. Then you should ask them, uh, well, could we get this in writing? We'll all sign agreement here. Uh, We'll have us a joint agreement and uh, uh, you can make it official uh, uh, and more business. So, but that's basically what you need to do. Well, they have the DRO has the flexibility. They have the they're allowed to, to interact with us, and that's the beauty of a hearing is that before you even start the hearing, I'll sit there and yuck it up and tell a few jokes and 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 you know just basically become acquainted with one another, and you can look the the DRO right in the eye and say, okay, let let me put Johnny's cards on the table here. Here's what we're shooting for. I think think we might as well just be right up front with you. That's what we're going for. Uh, Yeah, we're not going to beat around the bush and, you know, beg, plead, and ask for uh, something that we don't think we can uh, uh, possibly convince you that you should do. So, you know, we've got evidence that proves this, this, and this, and, and we believe, you know, somebody's not looking at it. And just to be sure, we brought even more evidence for you to look at. And we want another C&P and so we can get all this ironed out, and then you tell us what, what you think we need or, or whatever. And you could say, let's hold the record open for 60 days and accomplish this C&P so that we can move forward. I don't want you to just say well, I have to make a decision today or tomorrow. We have the ability to ask them for a period of time to do this, but you have to have it all typed up and ready to present. It's kind of like having extra cards in your hand, like, oh, okay, here's a waiver review. Do not remand this thing back to the the chuckleheads. For a Let's keep this right here. Let you make this decision de novo, Mr. DRO. And, and like, okay, you you need all this information here. Get another C&P, and you make your decision on that and read about my nexus here and see if we can't do business right here and now. Because obviously you're not always going to get something to, uh, in writing that says, yeah, we all agree on this Unless if you need a new exam. You walk in there. With the cat's pajamas, the IMO, everything lined out like one of those laser pointers and a PowerPoint demonstration, the DRO, a lot of times they're going to look at it and say, well, you know, I can can do that. I'll I'll buy that. But like I said, you know, you look up the M21, it says they, they can't bargain with the veteran, but the moment you get in there, they can, all the rules change. Once you have an attorney or a representative, they're with you. See, the problem we had, uh, Alex, and now I'm going off my experience with the DRO review. The DRO kept indicating that they could do this and this and this. Said, no problem, we got that covered. You're good here. And uh, I said, well, okay, let's go ahead and get it done. Well, I have to uh, uh, have uh, 
someone else's uh, like approval, like the DRO didn't have the authority to do nothing but open and close the door, sit down <laughs> and talk to us. Um, so uh, that's uh, what what we run into, and the DRO indicated a lot of positive things, making you suspect that your trip had been well worth, you know, the trip. And uh, but uh, there, although the DRO did say uh, this is good and this is good, oh yeah, I wasn't aware of this, and because I'd missed a bunch of paperwork out of claim folder, oh well, this changes things and blah blah blah, and <laughs> uh, but. They had no authority to do nothing without someone else's uh, approval. Well, I'll tell so you I'll tell what you. you're saying here. Uh, although you know, we had I had my attorney with me. Now, the DRO would know that to say, "Yeah, I can write this out," and we, you know, if you. Uh, we can do that. They should have the authority to to say, I can bump you up from 10 to 20% or whatever it may be. Of course uh, they can. They have ability to take the whole decision all the way back to the original raider below them that, that produced this notice of disagreement that they're looking at. They uh-huh. have to start from the day you walked in the door with the claim and say, okay, this wasn't done right, that wasn't looked at, there's evidence here that somebody didn't look at it at the right time. And if they've got a brain in their head, they can uh, you know, follow your train of thought, your little chronology of what happened, and arrive at the correct answer most of the time. DROs at a bare minimum are usually a GS-12 Step one, step two, bare minimum, $84,000 a year, people. The DRO you want is a guy that's a Jedi Knight, you know, a Mensa expert. He's a GS-13, <laughs> making about 102000 a year. You're not always going to get one of those, but that's the sharpest tool in the shed scenario. Uh, it's unfortunate there aren't more of them that are have an IQ more than room temperature that that can accomplish these things. But the the training process, Gerald, it's it's basically it's like becoming a Geico claims adjuster. It varies a little bit when you apply it to the VA, and unfortunately, there's a lot lost in translation. These guys just try to use a a template, the M21. They try to use that, their guide to this whole process, and you cannot use it. it it's like it's two-dimensional, and the veteran's two-dimensional. Well, in other words, if a DRO says, look, this is great, and we're going to do this and this and that, and yet they don't offer to put it in writing, whether you knew it should have been or not, uh, or your your attorney or whoever, uh, 
uh, wasn't aware of that fact, then the DRO, in a sense, is just blowing smoke. Well, you know what? DROs aren't perfect. They almost, after a hearing, they have to go back to the their office and, and look in the M21 to find out if they have authority to sneeze yet. So you, you got to teach them, you got to lead them, and you got to. I personally believe strongly that you you got to give them their own authority. You got to tell them, look, you have the authority to do this. So we'd appreciate it if that's how how you. <laughs> this and another thing a lot of people don't understand and I discussed this a little earlier in the show is they said you go in there and you file your NOD ask for your hearing and you've got issues on there that are secondary to you your claim that's on appeal that probably should have been filed secondary when you originally filed but they haven't been accomplished yet and ask the DRO to take those issues, which are not really part of the notice of disagreement, that are newer, uh, new claims, inferred issues, claims farther along in the appellate process or and remanded claims and stuff, and ask them to develop all those little things before he makes his decision review on this. Because the culmination or the combination of all those disabilities, if they were favorable to you, most especially if they were favorable to you, would paint a bigger picture for TDIU or, you know, God forbid, maybe a 100% schedule on, on any given uh, injury or, or disease, sickness, whatever. It would dramatically change the picture for your disability and, and guarantee you a win and at that what, at that stage too, the DRO might come back to the the agent and say, "Hey, look, we got we got enough to rack this right on out to 100. So let's just go ahead and do that. Would you be willing to drop this, this, and this, and this? And if if it's not going to make a big difference, yes, maybe. But if it's the if all those little this, this, and this is the dingbats trying to get you to dump in the trash can add up to more than 60 percent, you want to go for the SMCS." Anytime the VA pats you on the back and starts telling you what a wonderful guy you are and, and how they're going to give your veteran the world, you better be feeling around and finding out where that left hand of his is and whether it's got a dagger in it. Well, yeah, you brought up an excellent point right there. Uh, because, uh, yeah, a person would be, uh, uh, you know, uh, have... <laughs> have a tendency to say, yeah, I'll take that 100%, not realizing it's only about 70% in the trash. Now, I can see that happen with veterans who don't know any better. Huh? Would you allow me a moment to interject on the situation? Oh, well, just jump right on in there, John. Don't be bashful. Yeah. (laughs) You received a letter from the Department of Veteran Affairs based out of St. Louis, Missouri. It said you had a DRO hearing with a certain DRO officer. You had a person's name on there, right? That's right, yeah. So when you get to the hearing with the attorney... 
They meet you outside the door, and it's not the person that was the name on the letter. Is that correct? Some young lady? Uh, no, it was with the lady that sent the... Uh, uh, actually, she was the DRO officer. However, mm-hmm. she failed to inform us that uh, two days uh, prior anyway, she had sent out a statement of case two days prior to our meeting knowing we were going to have a DRO review. And, and yeah. of course, we remember, didn't want to wear that. It probably yeah. didn't leave the mail until the day of hearing, so that letter probably passed you on the way home on 44. Well, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's what I was trying to get at with Alex, because he did brought, bring up some things here that had I known at that time, I would have been a little bit wiser. Uh, that's why it's important to listen to these uh, shows here out there, uh, folks, because uh, when this DRO says, Oh, uh, yeah, we got you covered here. This looks good. I don't know how this happened and blah, blah, blah. Then I could have brought up the fact that uh, uh, we talked it over with my attorney, uh, Square Pants Bob, and and said, Hey, Bob, uh, can we get something in writing here? We can all sign. And... uh, yeah. You're on a BVA remand, right? Yeah. You're on a BVA remand. You've had a couple of them. So my question is, when they kick you back to the regional office, first you get the AFC, and they get you back to the regional office, get, get some information. They've got information they could do. My opinion is, why did you go back to a DRO with you when you could have went back to the BVA? I don't have a clue. If you're BVA, you can go back to it. How does that work? I don't, I don't have a clue how that happened, but. Yeah. Um, uh, unless Bob had, had requested it, which he he very well could have. I know I didn't, uh, but I thought we were up in the courts. But uh, Alex has brought up some good points here that veterans ought to know if they're sitting in one of these uh, uh, DRO hearings uh, that they... Uh, this girl, she kept, uh, D.R.O., she kept indicating she didn't actually have the authority. And I kept thinking, well, why are you the one sitting here? The person you're dealing with should have the authority to do something. D.R.O. Well, so she must not have been a D.R.O. Well, according to... To her, her uh, statement of case, she is. Well, that statement of the case sounds like it was out of time if you hadn't had the hearing yet. And they, they technically, they should have taken that statement of the case and just torn it up, thrown it in the trash can, or sent it to sent it up there to Bronco Vets or oh, Des Moines and have her shred it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do think Bob uh, sent a letter along with the statement of case to the general counsel. It was totally improper. 
the way it all went and uh, how how the uh, DRO review officer uh, misguided us. Uh, And, well, I'm going to just say out and out lied to us. Uh, And and, uh, I know we both left there feeling like this is something, you know, good was going to happen. However, we did not have that in writing. And that... At, at in that trip, that was a, a fatal mistake because if they wasn't going to put it in writing, then you can figure they're going they're lying to you. That'd be my assumption. What would you think, Alex? Well, anytime you get into a DRO hearing, you almost like right up front ought to be able to say, "Here's what we got. Here's what we're here for." Here's what we're doing, and can you provide what, you know, you should be willing to state whether or not you're going to grant the claim or allow you, uh, or has the authority to grant the claim. you got to get that kind of information, in my book, up front, out, out there and in front. They can run around naked in front of them, make sure you got their attention and get it all mutually agreed upon. Even if it's I an informal. I had their attention. <laughs> but uh, we restored information. My claim file wasn't complete. Right. And we restored a lot of information. And the DRO said, I turned and said, I was not aware of this. I've never seen this information. And uh, she said, I've read your your claims folder. Uh, and then turned around and pulled out on us. But, <clears throat> see, had we been aware of the fact, we could have requested just a, a short summary, you know, note uh, that we tentatively uh, agreed on this or or we had a joint agreement. Uh, she could, but she indicated she had no authority to to award anything. She had to work with her raider or something, she called him. Well, I'll tell you right off the bat, and this is this is boilerplate law. That woman goes in there to sit down and talk with you about the, the items that you listed on your notice of disagreement on your 0958 on yeah. appeal. She... Limit her jurist, her or his that DRO jurisdiction by law is limited to the issues on appeal, and they have the power to negotiate and and deal with it and decide on it, it but only on the issues on appeal. And okay, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, I will say, except on something like this deal with the hepatitis C. They they won't tell you they don't have the authority to do that. They'll just say, well, we'll look at all the evidence, Mr. Graham, and we'll make a decision on that. Well, it's going to come up. You're going to go belly up on it because your claim was that radiation business, right? Uh, chemical and biological and radiation, yes. Right. So you know as well as I do, and, and 
and all the ones from Camp Lejeune. These guys don't have the authority to do that. You could have all the paperwork that would win the case for you right there. You could, like I said, you could have a nexus letter, buddy statement from Jesus F. Christ. They're not going to give it to you. It's going to end up at the BVA. But in a, in a more generalized sense, you're talking about a back issue, a knee issue, a, you know, all these things that happen, musculoskeletal issues or PTSD, things of a more uh, general nature. Th- those things, provided you have the right pieces of paper, the magic paper, the nexus letter, whatever it happens to be, as long as you have those, those DROs could see the light at the end of the tunnel. They don't mind giving it to you. You know, a lot of people seem to think that some kind of nasty conspiracy to screw over the veteran. Most of all, it's just simple ignorance. It's like your DRO says, well, I don't know if I got the authority to do that. Yeah. That that told me right there that, uh uh-oh. Well, like... It sounds to me like it's another one of those issues like hepatitis C from a jet gun. Sorry, dude. We're going to drop back and putt on this one. We're fourth and 20. We don't see any daylight at the end of the tunnel here. Well, I know uh, Bob and I kind of discussed this going in, and we both felt Beans were meeting with, with someone of authority, we thought, uh, we could get some things resolved right right then and there. And and all indications were that we had, other than the fact that I couldn't get, uh, get them to commit. They had to meet with their raider and go over this newfound paperwork that they had lost or shredded or done well, that's whatever That's a de novo review of every last or piece of... Of any information evidence, and they still denied after all of that. That tells me that they weren't going to deny it. They weren't going to approve it, even if you, like I said, even if you had everything and all your ducks in a row. Well, that's true. You're absolutely right. Uh, or she would at least inform us. Well, I'm sorry, I'd send out a statement of case there uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, because I asked her uh, when we left the meeting. Well, you know, I didn't mean to get this switched over talking about my deal, but it kind of falls in the place as to what you're saying. Uh, if if a veteran, you know, he's in one of these meetings and they get uh, saying, yeah, we can do this and we can do that, if you got this and you got that and you have this and you have that, then uh, you can at least request them to put it in writing. If they don't put it in writing, then you know they're lying to you. Well, the DRO hearing, to me, the quintessential can opener, it's the crowbar from hell. You could have a guy that would denied nine times out of ten in a, just a DRO review or at the rating board down below, you know, what the very initial 
thing when you file the claim and you have all the evidence. For some reason, they deny because they screw it up. <clears throat> that that DRO hearing it, it elevates you, and you do it personally. You don't, you know, an informal hearing. You don't even have to take the vet in there with you. You can go in there and argue with the DRO all by yourself. But that that human element, that taking your veteran in there and having him emote the empathy that you create, the bonding between the the DRO and the veteran is, is a classic example that the veterans are, you know, somewhere down there in the bottom of their shoe they have a heart, and they, they're going to pull it out. They live and die by that crazy-ass M21 manual, but, you know, if they believe your claim, and they're going to be more inclined to grant your claim if they can meet you, see you, feel your pain, and, and cry a few tears with you. You'll never get that. A picture's worth a thousand words, and boy, being there in person, that's the way to do it. I've, I've never, ever been a big fan of video conference hearings. I always like to wait longer and take a travel board hearing to to get that face-to-face. It's worth its weight in gold. You can't buy that kind of exposure with a DRO. And it gives you all the, all in the same room where you're all looking at each other and talking, going like, hey. This guy's okay. He's not scamming. He's not full of bull. Yeah, I like this guy. Let's get him service connected for this. Let's let's do the right thing. <clears throat> I believe that the the VA is changing slowly, but it is coming around. And I see this by the new breed of Board of Veterans Appeals, uh, Veterans Law uh, judges, the VLJs, in D.C. When I went to that NOVA conference here in March, and I, I'm sitting there talking with somebody, and a BVA judge walks over and says, hey, Joe Blow, I, hey, I read your blog. And I went, get out of here. And he says, no, I read yours, and I read had it, and blah, blah, blah. And well, there are about 30, 40 other BVA judges that think exactly like I do. Well, you know, you're a breath of fresh air in this business. But it's a new Metric. I mean, we're putting a face to veterans and their problems and and the system. A lot of times a judge doesn't see that other side of the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz. You pull that curtain back and you expose it. All of a sudden you get sympathetic judges, and I'm telling you, there's sympathetic DROs out there. I've, I've met a few. Most of them are backwads, but there's a few good ones. Well, I hope you've gotten their names down. I'm sure you won't need a very big piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, it, it just you. I just like I overwhelm them with. Look, this this gives you authority. This gives you authority. This gives you authority. What more do you want? And like I just had them send me a got a homeless vet. I'm trying to get this thing done as soon as possible. What did they send me? Here, have your veteran fill out this VA form 21-4142. We need more medical records. I've sent them everything. It says right at the very top of the form, do not fill this form out if you've submitted all your medical records already because it will add five miles to the tunnel and you won't get your VA claim done for another year. Oh, well. Why would they do that to me? They know he's homeless. They got all the records. I told them they have all the records. I think it's just, I think that sometimes they're just vindictive or else 
An incredible case of stupid. Ah, uh, they're vindictive. But, uh, we're out of time, John. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to get jump in there and get the, the tongue waggling about all this other. Well, uh, I, it's him, we can do Darryl, it again. because it shows the veterans. I mean, there there are limits to a DRO hearing, and yours is a classic example. Well, yes, they are, and and uh, you know. Uh, many times this is the beginning stages of the claims process uh, going to a DRO hearing. Now, I mean, mine way up the ladder and been back down two or three times. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, however, I should have been aware of the fact, I was aware that a DRO could actually correct some wrongs if they chose to do so. Uh, what got me was the fact they said they would or could and were willing to and uh, uh, didn't. Um, so that's all a mystery. But Don't ever take a handshake at the VA. That, that, that doesn't no, mean that That's a fact. Uh, yeah, get it in writing. I didn't realize, and I'm not saying I didn't ask for that in writing either. I may have, because I'm going to go through my transcript they sent me uh, and uh, see if I didn't ask for it in writing. But uh, she did say that she had to get with her uh, raider. I think she called it a raider. I'll find out when I reread this. But anyway, we're out of time. I uh, see that. More fun than... than damn, I, we're just getting started. Um, okay, well, uh, folks, um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you didn't like the show, tune in again next week. We'll have another one. Yeah. And uh, Alex, uh, we appreciate you coming on for sure. You always a breath of fresh air here. Uh, uh, maybe we can continue on with this, and you'll be able to finish cleaning this in on your your uh, high dollar schooling. There, uh, we've already learned something new, so. Uh, Let's hope we can keep going. So this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser. We'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basser Show. Thank <laughs> you.